0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everyone to ESSR Central. I'm Ross McLeod, your host once again, here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, which you can find on all good Android, iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify websites, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, a massive back catalogue of news, interviews, reviews, previews, everything you want. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, at Suplex Retweet, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you name it, we're on it. Uh, And we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, Joined today by a man who's taking time off of waving Union Jacks in George Square and throwing balls at the police to join us here today, Ryan Gallagher. Hail,
0: hail, we are the people and all that fucking (laughs) (laughs) father. I'm very well, mate, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad, not too bad, a bit of a stitch running for yet another copper after throwing a copperberg ball. at him. but other than that, you know I'm... It's,
0: it's not mate, it's not like it's not you've got form for doing stuff like that but we'll not get into it
1: <laughs> No, we'll talk about that on Pod 67 in a couple of weeks' time <laughs> mate,
0: That's indeed, mate. That, that's, indeed, that's not coming back, this season let me down too much, I was a jinx Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a podcast, for are going for 10 in a row, oh, what happens Fucking capitulation. Was it no the second
1: episode? He did ball and goalie, went to Spain.
0: Aye, mate. We literally set it up for that point. As soon as that happened, I thought, right, we're done here. It's
1: gone. Um, So from a team you expected to win a title this year to a team I don't think anyone really wanted to see win a title, we go back to the wrestling and back to SmackDown. Uh, Tamina and Natalia winning the women's tag team titles this past week on SmackDown. I'm trying to be nice here.
0: Ugh.
1: Every time up, I bring your up. Your silence
0: my... is golden, Ross. Your silence is
1: absolutely <laughs> golden there. Every time I bring up my dislike for Natalia in any form of social media or group chat, it's always met with, but she's trained a lot of the women. I and Scotty Too Haughty is training a lot of the people at the performance centre. I don't want to see him beat Bobby Lashley. Well, what in the day? But you know, it wouldn't make sense for him to beat Bobby Lashley. Um,
0: I, th- I think on on Natalia. So we'll, we'll go through both of them, right? On Natalia, I don't mind Natalia because I think she's she's a decent performer. Like you say, she does train a lot of folks, so they've got a lot of trust in Natalia. Um, you know, kind of have her train folk at the performance centre. She's she's been there for years, you know. Uh, I am quite happy she's not getting a women's title shot. You know, for mm. me the tag titles is something to kinda of appease them women who are good workers. Um and Natalia is a good worker and, and to our credit as well, Tamina, I don't think she's a bad, bad worker. She's just got nothing else about her. But sticking with Natalia, I don't mind I don't mind her having that kind of that kind of moment, that kind of glory. Because I know that it's not going to get any higher than that for her. Um, on on a partner, Tamina, we're led to believe that she only got this after the the crowd reaction uh, at WrestleMania, which is where this come this came from. Um, again, I don't really have a problem with it because I don't know if that's because I don't care enough about the women's tag titles that that it bothers me that much. You know, I didn't care when Nia Jackson. Um, What's her name? Shana. Shana. Shana, that's how so much care. <laughs> well, exactly. So I, I didn't mind when they had the the titles. I thought they were decent, but I wasn't particularly... I mean, the only time I really cared was when me and David Campbell won the draft with them as a, our champs. That's the only time I cared about, about that title run. Um, They'd done okay, but I, I don't mind it changing. I'm quite happy for Tamina getting her moment. Um I'm quite happy for Natalia to get a moment as well and hopefully it kind of keeps her at that mid-card level and, and hopefully we don't get to see her pushed any higher because I don't think she deserves it
1: It's just the fact that like Zach Ryder, Damian Sandow, Rusev people, people we cheered for but they didn't listen to us and 25,000 people ironically chant, tell me not and they think Let's gotta take a huh. Let's get, a title on her. Let's get you, next time WWE uh, fans have a go at WWE for not listening to the crowd. You brought this on yourself, all right? Yeah, you've yeah, brought yeah, it yeah. on yourself. I'm sorry. I look Natalia. A lot of my, my thing is you know, and hey, this might might not be through her. You know, she, she has tried other things, but it just it constantly reverts back to the. Do you know who my family are? It, it's like every wee ned you've ever met in a pub. Uh, do you know who my family are uh, my uncle's a gangster
0: alright kill <laughs> me bother me, man um, well my uncle's he, fucking Owen Hart or Bret Hart or whatever <laughs> you might call actually
1: Owen sorry <laughs> uh, so Natalia I, I don't mind I just find her a bit wooden and the whole Hart family thing a bit boring but to, I, I just I, there's nothing there about to me I just find her so it, they're like oh it's been all oh, 5,000 days since you won a title yeah,
0: and there's a reason for that. She's pretty push. I mean <laughs> she's not she's not going to sit ahead her like at any point, you know, she's not going to be a main eventer at any point in her career. Um, if she was going to have that, it's well past the chance. You know, you could have done yeah. that years ago when she first came in and, and gave her a bit of push. But ever since she kind of got to that mid card and then fell away from the mid-card, I mean I've never seen her for I think probably about two years at one point, you know, after she had that run with, with Nia Jax, and then she disappeared. I mean, maybe two years is a bit too far, but you know what I mean. You no, know, she went away for quite a while and then all of a sudden came back and has got this this push again. Fine, you know, what, what one bit of credit I will give her was the the promo she cut on on Talking Smack a few weeks ago. You know, it was probably the best that I've seen of her. It wasn't even the best promo in the world, as they people wanted you to believe on online. Um, but it was a good promo. It was a passionate promo. It was it was personal. It was hard basically saying, you know, I've been here for so long, busted Mars, give me a chance type thing, and she got it. Fair enough. You know, I, like I say, I don't have an issue with it on the whole, um, just as long as it doesn't lead to anything, anything higher at the bill, which I don't think it will.
1: Right. Um, something we will talk about later on, and it'll, it'll sort of come back down to this. Um, a lot of the women around the, the tag team title scene, they really don't have much characters other than we dress the same or our gimmick is that we have something minor. Like the, the gimmick here is we've grown up in the business and, and that's about it. Um, for one type, from a title scene that I'm not too enamoured with to one I'm quite enjoying at the minute, uh, the Intercontinental title scene uh, currently held by Apollo Cruz. What they've done quite well in the past year or so, I think, is have... The IC title scene have at least four or five guys in it at any one time. I I really enjoy that because, you know, before you had The Fiend, then you had Goldberg, then you had uh, Braun Strowman, then Roman Reigns, people who weren't going to just drop the Universal title. So it was pointless in having people jumping up there. But, you know, we've had times where it's like Sammy, Jeff and AJ, and other times where it's AJ, Brian and uh, Drew Gulak and the Lucha House Party and amongst the title scene. At the minute, we've got Big E, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and Apollo Cruz. Apollo was getting his Nigerian Pride Medal or something like that, or the Pride of Nigeria Medal. Um, gets attacked by all three of them, a big Rami, and then he decides, Adam Pearce decides, you know what, we're going to have a fatal four-way next week. Um, the IC title, I think, I quite enjoy it. I quite enjoy how... It's defended on SmackDown quite regularly, whereas Roman Reigns has the gimmick of I'll only defend pay-per-views. And although there are people who have had good reigns, it always feels like you're you're always one match away for seeing a new champion. I'm quite I'm quite enjoying the IC
0: title scene. You know, I've yeah. I've wrote in a couple of points on it there, and you actually take the words right in my mouth. You know, there's levels to to this, you know, there's different feuds going on in that same scene. You know, you had Sami mm-hmm. and Owens, you had Biggie and Apollo, they've now seemed to kind of combine that and mm-hmm. a fatal four way, which we'll, we'll see next week. Um good point you made as well about you know being defended frequently. You know, it goes back to that kind of workhorse title of, of mm-hmm. that, you know, it, Roman doesn't need to defend his title every week. He actually doesn't need to defend his title that often for that character to be over. So you need you like to see title matches. That's why we watch wrestling, we like to see things like that. We like to see a title change or we like to see somebody have a scrappy win to keep the title or whatever. You know if they're if they're kind of playing heel, at Apollo is just now. Um, so yeah, I I agree. It's, it's quite good. I'm enjoying watching it. I'm enjoying Apollo actually. You know that's the first thing I've been on Central in, in ages, so I haven't really spoken much about the wrestling. But I'm really enjoying um, what Apollo's doing. I wasn't sure with the the whole accent thing when he came back with the Nigerian accent, and and I mean whether he's putting on or not, or whether he generally you know has that accent in there somewhere. It's a very good Nigerian accent, so I'll give him that. Is, is convincing. it's convincing better than <laughs> uh, I mean I will definitely not be trying my Nigerian accent <laughs> because we will get cancelled immediately um, but no I'm really enjoying what he's doing really enjoying the work he's doing I'm looking forward to this match also he's in my, my um, draft team as well so money Apollo and Green and
1: White <laughs> um, we move this back down to WrestleMania Backlash uh, I thought it was a quite good quite Decent, middle of the road. No real surprises, but quite good wrestling in there. I'm just going to quickly run through the results. Sheamus defeats Ricochet in an open challenge on the pre-show. Mia uh, Ripley defeated Asuka and Charlotte Flair to retain the Raw Women's title. Rain Dominic Mysterio defeats Ziggler and Robert Roode for the SmackDown tag titles. Uh, Damien Priest defeats The Miz in an advert for a Zack Snyder film. Uh, Bailey defeated Bianchi Belair to retain the SmackDown Women's title. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeats Braun and Drew to retain the WWE Championship. And Roman Reigns defeats Cesaro via technical submission for the Universal title. Um, I'm going to start obviously on the pre-show. And I bet you I'm a weird one. Sheamus, it's an open challenge, but it's not for the title. So usually that means the champion loses. And then the guy who beat the champion goes on to get a match down the road. Yeah. All this was was Sheamus beats Ricochet. Sheamus puts his gear back on. Ricochet steals his hat. Does a dance. Runs away. The next night steals his hat and jacket again. And then gets beat in an on-title match again. It was the most pointless
0: thing. Do you know, I watched, uh, I said to you before we started recording, I, ha- I haven't watched wrestling in a class in full. I've seen clips. I've seen highlights. and all the results. Um, but that match I did watch because it's before I fell asleep. Um, cause it on a and it was actually a very good match. You know, I think Ricochet is one of these guys that we know fine well that Ricochet is very good at, at playing that part that he plays, and he's probably been underutilised a little bit. Um, we had that feud with Retribution for a while, and it was a wee bit kind of stale. You know, it wasn't exciting. It was just bog-standard, boring matches, him getting beaten up. But when you actually allow him to have a match with somebody, have a proper match with somebody you can see how good he really is, and he showed it in this match, albeit, I'll say he picked up the big L, but, um, it was really good to watch him.
1: Yeah, I, it was good to see him, uh, like, back in action, I think he is far too good, to be on the sidelines. Uh, also,
0: sorry just to jump in as well, just one point I, I want to make though, on this, why was he wearing jeans? Can we I, I don't that? know,
1: I don't know, I don't know if he's changed, like, but- when he was on main event with Ali and doing the feud over there, but I, I honestly don't know.
0: Like he's meant to be this guy who's fucking bendy and flippy and, and does all sorts, <laughs> mate. How you can I can barely bring my leg up to my knee when I'm wearing jeans. That's surely going to hamper your movement a little bit in the wrestling ring, is
1: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a personal story here of what happened to me last night. On my, not,
0: but you'll be a jeans no, no, no,
1: on, 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 no, nothing bad, well, nothing bad for anyone else, mostly embarrassing for me. <laughs> uh, went to my first shift in my new job and then was told, we don't have a uniform ready for you yet, but you're wearing dark jeans, just wear them. And I was rushing about at the end of the night trying to get everything done and I went to get something off the bottom shelf and I went right down and I've squatted at this point, and it wasn't in the back of my jeans. No, no, it was the front of my jeans exploded.
0: <laughs> hey, mate, we're going to go off topic here a little bit, so sorry anybody who's listening. Um, but this one goes out to all the men that are listening. Actually, this one goes out to companies who make jeans for men. Please start reinforcing the boss because I'm fed mm. up of the boss. I think i get toxic boss, mate, because my jeans, <laughs> never, they never stay. And the way I meant to go, my girlfriend's got a pair of jeans. She's had for about ten years, and she's like, "I look after mine." I'm like, "No, no, no, no." There's, I understand if maybe we have both had a pair of jeans for ten years, it means a lot worse in years. That's fair enough. But Stephen, you need to go through about four pairs of jeans a month because the boss keep ripping them. There's an issue here. But anyway, <laughs> so I just wanted to make that clear. To next, River Island, Um Topman. H and M actually no H and M they don't cater for fat guys so fuck H H&M. um, <laughs> and M. Some of I know them are they, they probably didn't they but anyway start because making reinforced jeans for boys.
1: It was at the start of my shift I'm like oh I've got a tiny wee hole at like the at the top of my of my thigh I've got, before, got a tiny <laughs> wee hole.
0: Was that before, was that before you left the house? Eh?
1: <laughs> no 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 that was my missus said that to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, like later in the evening, I squatted down and it was like that hole magnified by about 10%. And then took the other side of the jeans, wear and I was like, what the
0: fuck? Do you know what I love the most about that? Mm. Su- that's such a guy thing you do, in it? I've got a wee tiny mm. hole in my jeans, but I'll wear them anyway. <laughs> Rather than just going, I'll wear something else.
1: <laughs> Aye, it's my first day. I'm going to have to wear this gear anyway. I'm not getting my good gear, don't I? Boom. Aye.
0: To but anyway, no to the Aye. why <laughs> um, have I just done that? Why have I just ranted
1: about like... boss and jeans, man? Fucking That's all right. Ricochet's clearly got reinforced jeans. Um well, if Daniel looks after her jeans, then Rhea Ripley asking Charlotte probably look after theirs. So we move naturally on to the women's division and the triple threat match for the women's title. Um Basically. Rhea Ripley on the main roster, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because David Campbell, he says he's not a fan of it. I think it may have been David Hockney on this show a few weeks ago. He said he felt the duty was still out for him. What have you thought of the character Rhea Ripley's playing since coming up to the main roster?
0: It's a bit of a disappointing character. You know, I think they could have done so much more with it. And there is so much more they can do because we know fine well what Rhea Ripley can do. Um and that's the that's the biggest annoyance for me. You know, when she was in NXT and even you know, you listen to the reaction she got after WrestleMania when they all went back to NXT again, the three of them, and the music hit, and the crowd went absolutely nuts for her down there. You know, that's the kind of character she's got the potential to be. Um, and I, I don't quite think she's living up to it just now. She almost seems she seems to be a bit of a kind of title holder as opposed to a champion. Just now it's almost like they're just waiting to take it off of her. At some point, that's the the kind of annoying thing for me. But you would mentioned there about Charlotte Flair as well, um, about her always being in the, the title picture. People love it. People hate it. I know people say she kind of hogs the spotlight a little bit. Um, I don't think there's any other place that Charlotte Flair could be. I think Charlotte Flair is far too good to be anywhere other than main event. You know, I, I kind of see Charlotte Flair going for a... a a tag title. I can't see Charlotte Flair being in a, a, a mid-card feud with fucking Dana Brooke. You know what I mean? Like Charlotte Flair is a, a big game player. She has to be at the top. Whether you give her a title or not, I think that that's the problem. Because she's so good and because she has to be at the top, you need to actually give her titles quite often because it's the only way that, that you actually cement her. If you start putting her in mid-card feuds, people forget about her and then you've lost an absolute star. So that's the the thing on that. But you said about Asuka as well, I agree. I think Asuka's not quite... She's not quite hitting the heights that, that Charlotte Flair can. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody better in the ring than Asuka, in all honesty. um, I think she's one of the best performers they've got, but I think some of the best work she'd done was actually when she was with Kairi Sane before and they'd done the Kabuki Warriors. I thought that was probably one of the most exciting things she's done, one of the most memorable things that she's done. You know, just coming in and, like I said, Rhea Ripley being the title holder, I feel like in that same kind of mould um, when you know fine well that she's got the ability to to do more.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Um, pretty good back-and-forth match. Rhea Ripley gets the pin on Asker. Which did make me think Asuka was out of the title picture, but then she beat Charlotte Flair the next night. Uh, after Charlotte Flair was complaining she wasn't pinned, so three three really good wrestlers, three stars, but at the same time three two of the three women are not being booked pretty well at the minute. Like Raw, Raw is a bit shit at the minute. Um, from Raw to SmackDown, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. We see the the clip on the pre-show. Robert Roode throws a couch on Dominic Mysterio and injures his ribs. So, Ray goes it alone for the first half of the match. Dominic comes out for the second half, um, eventually gets the big frog splash on Robert Rood for the win, and Ray and Dominic win the tag team titles. Um, Sort of a feel-good moment, father-son winning the titles. Really enjoyed it. The only thing I felt here was after... You know, two months are doing absolutely nothing with the title. Over the past month and a bit, I thought Ziggler and Rudd have been really good with the titles. You know, the Fatal 4-Way, the match with the Street Profits, I think they had another match in there somewhere. <laughs> I felt like they were just getting going and then Ray and Dominic take the title. But that being said, if a team's just getting going and they've just lost the titles, hopefully that means the tag team division on SmackDown is going to heat up a bit. So no complaints here. Fingers
0: crossed, mate, because... You've actually, you've, you've summed it up quite nicely. They've they never done anything for so long. You know, they they were missing pay-per-views, they, you know, they weren't involved in anything for a while, and then they've all of a sudden got good. But, you know, if if they've not been pushed, then you can't really blame them for taking the titles off them either, because you know, they've got no reason to do it. Whereas you've got a, a story there built in for for Rey and Dominic to take the titles. And by the way, I'm a big fan actually of Dominic Mysterio and can really go yeah. and like, it's, it's one of these ones you hear about somebody's son coming in and you kinda expect the worst almost, but I think he's very, very good. Obviously been training under his dad for years, isn't he? So you're learning for literally one of the best to ever do it. Um but he is he has quite impressive. So no, I'm quite happy for him. Quite happy that he's he's got that that as well and, and good for Ray the, to have the title one with his son as well. First ever.
1: Yeah. Before we slate uh, Jericho later on in the show, um <laughs> He did a really good podcast with Lance Storm, where Lance Storm was going on about the um, the people he's trained at the Storm Wrestling Academy over the past decade before he left, before he closed it down to go work at WWE full-time. He talked about Dominic Mysterio being there, and he said, I'm so glad Dominic Mysterio is six foot plus, because if he was the same height and same weight as his dad, they would have just put a mask on him and called him Rey Mysterio too, even though it's like, he's up. We've already got Ray Mysterio Jr., you know what I mean? That'd be Ray Mysterio Jr., Jr., so. Um, could you say see Ray Mysterio
0: Sr., then? Did you you'd need
1: to be Junior Sr., wouldn't they? Well, maybe they do what they did with Chavo. Ray <laughs> Mysterio Bunny, Classic. Bunny, oh, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so we move on to the next match, which was Less of a match and more of an advert for Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, now on Netflix. Um, Dave Bautista, stars in the film, tweeted out earlier in the day, sorry WWE Universe, I can't make backlash. As if he's been at every pay-per-view since. We've not seen him since (laughs) WrestleMania 34. He openly announced his retirement. We didn't expect you to be there, Dave. And he said, "Um, I can't be there, but some friends will be. And that's when we all instantly went, right, the Lumberjacks are going to be zombies, aren't they? John Morrison goes to intimidate the Lumberjacks if he's not someone who's got a Kurt Hawkins esque losing streak going on at the moment. Um, He goes, looks, sees the Lumberjacks are zombies. Damien Priest and The Miz, who clearly don't have any access to the WWE network, (laughs) say they don't believe him. They get out there. They start the match and then the Lumberjacks appear, they're all zombies, a backdrop on the Thunderdome of the Army of the Undead and it's, this feud was riding the, co- this feud Miz and Morrison vs Damien Priest started as an advert for Bad Bunny's tour and Bad Bunny to his credit, won the 24 some title, took it on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Put a good show of himself into WrestleMania, but like all we got here was a Dave Batista promo package, and I don't think that was worth the match we had to sit through. Um I don't,
0: I don't understand it. I don't understand why they had to do that with the with the zombies. I, I get that they've probably paid a lot of money for the promo and stuff like that for the for the new movie coming out, and also Batista with the wrestling connection, and you know they can do that with the the lumberjacks. But I, I feel like, I mean. Let's let's actually just skip to the ending of it. Like, is the Miz deed or what? Like, you know, I've seen Shaun of the Dead. I know what happens at the end of it. The, the specky <laughs> guy gets pulled out and he gets his insides ripped out. That clearly happened to the Miz, and that guy never came back. So, surely the Miz has got to be deed now. He's been eating the zombies.
1: I'm just going to again just go on a complete tangent. Uh, my favourite meme is a Shaun of the Dead meme. And it says, when the toilets in Buckingham Palace are blocked, <laughs> it just says, I assume it was Liz that did the dumping. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Um, news, news coming out of WWE is that Miz might have told his ACL, a man who's had a 15-year sort of injury-free career. An ACL one, that's at least nine months out. Um, so, just a shame it was in a match that was quite clearly an advert for something else. Um
0: however, however the best possible time to injure yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna tear your an ACL and it for nine months, you might as well go out by getting eaten by zombies or not.
1: Well exactly, why not then? Eh? Uh, all's well that ends well then. <laughs> <laughs> um I think we talked as well about backlash. Some of the the feuds felt sort of thrown together. It felt a very raw after, sorry, a, a very pay-per-view after WrestleMania, feel about it. But Bianca Bearley and Bailey, I thought, was absolutely superb. The build-up and the match itself. The match went about 16 minutes. I really felt if they gave these to another 10 minutes, they could have done something really, really special. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Bailey, the 380-plus day reign as SmackDown champion. We weren't happy how she was treated at WrestleMania. I'm glad to see her back in the title hunt and to be honest, going into this match, I wouldn't have been upset if she won the title and started a sort of Sasha Charlotte feud with Bianca where they just sort of hot shot at the title between each other. Mm-hmm.
0: I think with we, we Bailey, just touching on her first before we move on to Bianca, I think the, the character, and we've said this at numerous times before on this podcast, the character Bailey's got just now is unbelievable. You know, it's so well. I say unbelievable, but it is so believable that that she kind of <laughs> plays that part so, so well. She constantly, as I mentioned about Charlotte Flair being being a big game player, Bailey's the exact same. Bailey can't beat anybody else other than a title picture. She can't be anywhere other than the top. You know, the WrestleMania stuff. Fine, she done well in it. It was it was quite entertaining, but somebody like Bailey should be, should be on the card. Somebody like Bailey should have a match at, at a card like WrestleMania. Um, so I, I agree with you. It's good to see her back in that, that title hunt. Bianca Belair, one of the best in the ring that I've seen in a long time. Um, probably as excited for Bianca Belair as I was for Sasha Banks when she first kind of made the, the transition in the main roster as well. I think she's she's got it all. She can talk, she can perform, she's got a look as well. She she has championship material. Um, I would have been annoyed if she lost the title, but if it's the way that you suggested there, you know the kind of hot shot between both of them um, as kind of part of the feud, then I wouldn't mind that either. But I'd quite like to see Bianca hold this title for a long time, get some cracking matches, give her longer to perform. Because listen, we know that she's got it in her as well. She went for however long in the the Royal Rumble as well. You know, she went for however many minutes in that. So we know she can go. That's no that's not for discussion. So give her give her a chance, keep the bet on her, give her a few feuds with Bailey, a few different matches with Bailey, build up to something a bit better. Um and hopefully we can see the two of them put on some outstanding matches over the next next few months.
1: Yeah, uh, the finish of the match certainly does seem uh, like it's going to go that way. It was a typical heel tries to cheat, so then the face does what they did, and then the heel is raging. Uh, Bailey tries to use Sasha's hair against her. Uh, Sasha rolls through, wraps her hair around Bailey's legs, rolls her up. One, two, three, gets out of there. So it does look like Bailey's going to have. I like Bailey when she's like playing the victim. I think she she plays it so well. So. I look forward to seeing where that's gone, uh, right. and as you said, you know we we know Bianca's got an engine on her, so let's get in some longer matches as well.
0: And she's also got some lethal hair and all that like we've seen with the the match against Sasha, <laughs> <basketball laughs> the, the big cut man. Like honestly, fuck taking that. I'll take any yeah. other bump in a wrestling match. Fuck taking that. <laughs> Gets that? I'll absolutely kill
1: you. I I can see WWE. One day doing a hair versus hair match would be anchor, the absolute f- like. I don't think they'll ever make her shave it, but I think the absolute fear going into that match of people going, they better not touch her hair. Aye, I
0: mean she can't go and, against Bailey because
1: she's already got her hair. So, well there you go. Well, uh, we go from uh, that match to the semi main event, the Raw on the Raw side, WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. Drew McIntyre has been so well-booked the past year and a half. Bobby Lashley is as interesting a character as we've had in 2021. And Braun Strowman, you know, 2017, 2018, was over So I think it speaks to how bad Raw's been recently, that going into this match, I, I I really didn't care. I was I was watching pay-per-view live. I was texting Scott at the time, and he's like, ah, are you delayed? Are you behind? I went, I'm going to be honest, Scott, I've turned it off and I'm got my bed. I just, I, I'm no, I'm no feeling it. And I'm on my phone and I knew it would end up being good. So I thought I'll wait till lunchtime tomorrow when I'm eating and I'll watch it. And that's where my attention will be on it. Mm-hmm. Is I, I really just, and the, the match itself, great. But the build up to this match wasn't a good one.
0: I don't think we needed to have three big guys in this triple threat. I think a Triple mm-hmm. threat always works when there's a wee bit of an outsider in it um, you know mm-hmm. if you, if you were to look at fucking WrestleManias in the past when you had Triple H Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit he was almost like the kind of wee outsider almost at that point who mm-hmm. you could kind of get behind this one there was nobody to really get behind other than us maybe supporting Drew because he's Scottish that was about it for me having that kind of interest but because the Scottish doesn't get you anywhere in the wrestling in all honesty um, but having three big guys, I don't think worked. the The build up to it was very topsy turvy. Uh, it kind of seemed like Braun came from nowhere, um, and get kind of thrust into that match. Albeit the match, I, I, I have seen it back. I mentioned earlier on. I haven't watched the show properly. I have seen bits of it. Um, it seemed to be an okay match. It seemed to be quite spot heavy, decent spots. I seen the one that um, Sunday put on Twitter of uh Braun tried to do a dive off of the, the apron onto Drew and Lashley where they were kind of scrapping and he made an R it and they kind of quickly adjusted to make sure they didn't hurt himself which is quite good. Um mm-hmm. so like I say it was quite spot heavy the match. Um but aye, I I think going forward I don't think we should see another triple threat with these three. I think you need to decide who's going to face a champion and who's going to go a different route now because if you've not got that kind of underdog factor and a triple threat then it kind of it doesn't pique your interest as much because you're kind of going Mm -hmm. somebody somebody will win it, one of the big guys will win it and I don't care who and that's the the issue whereas if you chucked like a I don't know, Rey Mysterio in there or something you'd have that wee interest of going oh fuck Rey Mysterio's and I'm actually two big guys I wonder how that's going to go and it would kind of pique your interest but this
1: one didn't seem to have that for me. Yeah, I sort of, like, the match itself I thought was good, but I, I said, I think about two or three weeks ago on the show, that it was going to be, Drew would get the momentum, Drew would batter Braun Strowman, Drew would hit his finisher, Bobby would throw him at the ring, and lo and behold, <laughs> it happened just like that, you know. And then- um <laughs> Bobby Lashley gets flung through the stage. MVP distracts Drew after he's done it. Drew goes back to get Bobby, seeing that he's scarpered. Drew doesn't have time to think and go, where's he went? And it left him before braun sort of throws him into the stage. By the way, Braun and Drew, I thought, had a good back and forth. I think if the two of them aren't in the title picture soon, I'd like to see them go up, you know, just... Two big guys battling up to each other because Braun does seem to have really good matches with like, bigger guys, guys like the Big Show, guys like Roman Reigns. He he is a big game player as well, but he does need to have a feudron him for so it to be interesting in him, I think. Um I think
0: the characters are a bit stale now as well, isn't it? They yes. since they, they kind of changed them a little bit. Like, I, I mean, I was calling for a character change for Braun before because I thought it was getting a bit stale, but I actually think the character change that they've gone with is a lot worse than the one he had. To be fair, you know, I'd rather it back to being the big heel, the big fucking basher. I mean, me and Ryan Wilson, when we done our Anyway Back to the Wrestling podcast, used to say all the time, if you're a big guy, don't charge around the ring like you're a fucking train. It, it makes you look comical. <laughs> it makes you look absolutely comical, and nobody's going to get behind it. And ever since then, he's been done hell. So I was right when I said it. I I think that's the sort
1: of spot that would work with someone like I notice. A goofy big guy character. Yes, but when you're a when you're a, a big guy like that, as you said, some it, it might not hurt. Her. Um, something I like to bring up a wee commentary stat that I put in the group chat. So uh, our new raw commentator, I can't remember his name, uh, okay. was was ramming some stats about triple threat WWE championship matches. He goes. The last time the WWE title changed hands and a triple threat was Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he goes, the last, the time before that was Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania. And you're like, also oh, pretty cool. Cool, we start. And then he goes to say, and the time before that, and is immediately cut off. And I don't know if he's clicked on or someone in microphone is went, do not read that start out. And I'm like, why has he been cut? What is it? Vince doing what Vince does and going, oh, we don't want them to remember old shit? Is it? I'm like, is it maybe a CM Punk? And I looked it up, no, it's because the last time I triple threat was Alberto Del Rio beating John Cena and CM Punk. And obviously, Alberto Del Rio is someday we, we don't really want to remember wrestling, so it's probably Correct. best of his <laughs> to shut his hole. Decent
0: <laughs> start stat, though. Decent But yes, don't bring it up. New raw commentator, whatever your name may be.
1: <laughs> I think it's Ardnan.
0: So it Ardnan or something like that?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and the main event, Roman Reigns, Cesaro, a uh, universal title. This felt like a very raw hair. We knew the guy challenging, had not a hoping he'll of winning. But it wasn't the usual, this guy's just got his title. This was a case of, and Chris Murray talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, Roman's been built so, so much into this, such a great heel character, and a guy who's not going to drop the belt to just anyone. But it's not, it's not a problem that Roman's been built. It's a problem that Cesaro hadn't been. Cesaro has been hot for two months in storyline terms. Roman Reigns has been on this run since August. You know what I mean? So he was never going to drop it against Cesaro. And for that reason, like, I have watched it twice. Tried to suspend my disbelief both times. Both times I just couldn't get into it because I didn't once think Cesaro was going to win this.
0: I think the, the problem, and I, that's a big issue you've got with with the character that Roman's got just now. Yes, it's tremendous. It's, it's the best work that he's ever done in his life. You know, I'm so invested in it. I'm so, I am so so believe that, that he is the head of the table. He is this, this absolute killer champion that's never going to be beaten. <clears throat> I get that. The problem with that is you're actually not going to believe that anybody's going to beat him. So regardless of who comes up against him, You know, the the WrestleMania match, I thought that was the kind of best chance of him losing it. And it didn't. And then now against Cesaro, as good as Cesaro is, and you say Cesaro's been hot for a couple of months, Cesaro's been hot for years in terms of the fans. He's been the one guy that we've wanted to see have the belt put on him at some point because, you know, pound for pound, he's one of the, the strongest guys there. He's one of the best performers. He's consistently brilliant every time you see him. But... It just so happened that when he got his chance, it was against this Roman Reigns. You know, and and like I said there, I don't believe that anybody's going to beat Roman Reigns for a long, long time until Roman decides it wants time off, to be honest with you. So that'll probably be when when it'll come. So it's a shame. But I'd like to see I'd like to see Cesaro get a couple more shots as well, just to even just have him there in that kind of title picture for, for a bit longer.
1: Yeah, he has been hot, obviously, in terms of the fans. I think it is just the fact that storyline-wise, you know, he's never he's never had that consistent single run, and I, I just I couldn't I couldn't get into the match. I just felt the stuff surrounding Roman with uh, Jimmy Uso, uh, and then after the match where. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out and attacks Cesaro, I just felt the stuff surrounding the match was more interesting than the match itself. That's yes. just a wee problem for me there.
0: No, totally. And a be interesting to see where the, the Seth stuff goes as well, you know, because that is somebody you could see beating Roman, you know, because we know that they trust him. So that could be something that, that people get behind as well, and, and it it could be the guy that stops him. I don't think it will be, but it'd be more believable, I think, than Cesaro.
1: Well, Hell in a Cell is the next pay-per-view. It was meant to be Money in the Bank. Hell in a Cell, five weeks from backlash, and then Money in the Bank four weeks after that. So I think Roman's holding the title till at least Money in the Bank. I think whoever wins the men's Money in the Bank is the way to get the title out of. Um the way to get the title off for of Roman and I think he might go after I think he might go into a feud with Jimmy or so maybe to sort of take him out the title picture and then he'll be right back in it for a, maybe the end F- of the year
0: Fantasy Booking Time J or so oh, to win Money in the Bank oh, oh, oh yes wins Money in the Bank and says I'm with you blah 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 and then turns on him takes the title off him and starts a big massive feud between New Souls and Reigns, I'd I'd be there for that. I'd watch
1: that. I'd be I'd happily watch that as well. Um, so Raw this past week, um, we'll get into that. Raw starts with Bobby Lashley it's a WWE Championship celebration. MVP announces the Champs Open Challenge. Uh, Drew McIntyre answers it. MVP says, "Before you interrupt us, we said we did. We were about to say anyone except Drew and Braun." There's a wee thread throughout the night. People say they're going to take up the challenge. People like T-Bar, Mace, Shelton Benjamin, Sheamus, Damian Priest. It ends up being Kofi Kingston. They announce the WWE Championship match has been billed all night. And then MVP rightfully stops and goes, no, WWE have built this as the WWE Championship Open Challenge. We said the WWE Champion was issuing an Open Challenge. This is a non-title match. And I really liked the sort of the dynamic at the start of this where Bobby Lashley looked disappointed it was Kofi. And Kofi's like, do you know who I am? I'm a former WWE champion. And he just, as soon as the bell rings, he just makes a beeline for Lashley. I thought that was quite good to start, mm-hmm. good way to start the match.
0: but we all know what Kofi can do and, and build ups to to big, big matches, big title matches. You know, we've seen it at WrestleMania a couple of years ago when he won the title. He's got it in him. You know, the, the feel-good story behind him kind of overshadowed the fact that Kofi did deserve his chance. You know, he, he properly deserved the chance to to have a go for the big belt at that time, and he deserved to win it because the work that he put in getting there was tremendous. So, aye, it's not something that you can you can look down on going for any form of title shot, whether it's it's against a champion and it's non-title or, or whatever, Kofi's a good a, a good guy to kind of go for that. So it was decent match as well between the two of them. Like I said before, for other people, we know Kofi can go. We know he's a, a, a really good performer. He is a former champion. There's a reason why he's a former champion. They put trust in him with, with that belt. So, no, I, I was quite happy to see this one. And, and like I say, really, really good match.
1: Yeah, and it looks like there could be a WWE Championship match within the next few weeks. Uh, Kofi is getting choked on the ropes. MVP goes to Hitton with the cane. Drew McIntyre appears out of nowhere, takes the cane, hits Bobby Lashley in the throat. Uh, Kofi gets the roll-up. I don't think he'll be facing them at Hell in a Cell. I think that'll be the big blow-off to the Drew versus Bobby feud. Yeah. But I think that, uh, within the next coming weeks, Kofi's going to be taking on Bobby Lashley. And I saw a wee feud for the WWE title, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, Something else I'm sort of looking forward to, and I'm going to allude to one segment as my sort of baseline for this, and then get into my main point. So we saw the segment uh, where it was the team of Lana, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Mandy Rhodes, in the office with Adam Pearce and Sonia Deville, both, compl- both teams complaining that Shane and Naya are getting a rematch against Tamina and Natalia for the tag titles. Charlotte then comes in, tries to get her way back into the title picture, basically does everybody on the mic in that room. They all leave, she's the big star, and we talked earlier as well about Bailey. People like that should not be anywhere other than the title picture. Whereas everyone else on Raw and SmackDown, women wise, they just do not have a character. And this is why I'm looking forward to the debut of, or re debut of Eva Marie and the Evolution, because there is so many just dull women on the roster. And it like, the likes of Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Lana, it's they all sort of have the same gimmick of I know I can and I'm more than just my looks and I I try really hard that that's they all have the same gimmick.
0: Mm-hmm. I think though, and people are going to hate me for this. David Campbell will be the main one to hate me for this. I'm not getting excited for the return of Io Marie because. I don't have a short memory. Eva Marie was hopeless last time she was here. She was absolutely dull. She, she, All she has to do is prove me wrong here, but only then will I get excited for it because, yes, she's she's good looking and she's cutting these nice fucking shiny promos that are putting up on the screen, same way that fucking Emma done a few years ago. She had the same kind of emulsion type thing and that came to nothing. You know, she ended up getting booted at the door as well. So I, I think I'm I'm not going to get too carried away with the fact that we've got a nice new character joining until she proves that she can actually go in the ring as well. Because it's all right to turn up and be good looking with red hair, but you're you're a wrestler. You know, you need to be able to go in the ring. And where she been for the past seven many years? You know, she's been doing nothing. To my knowledge, if she has been, she's not made it very clear where she's been. So, it's not something that, that I'm getting overly excited for, but happy to be proven wrong. So, we'll see. Um, if, you, if you hate me for that, send me a message. We'll scrap after, after the show.
1: Yes, it's uh, at CapDave91 on Twitter, <laughs> if you want to be trying with your complaints. Um,
0: uh, Dave put up a better fight, to be fair.
1: <laughs> um,
0: no, I'm not looking
1: forward to her being an in-ring character. I think as a manager... You know, she's coming in with a fleshed out character of being this sort of sort of motivational coach sort of thing. And it's more than the likes of the, the three women I just mentioned who all have the same gimmick. I've had, you know, and it's. I'm looking forward to a shake up the women's division because people always talk about why are the four horsewomen always in the title picture? Why are they? Well, it's because they're, they're the only fully fledged characters other than Bianca Belair, I can't think of a a woman's character I'm a fan of outside the Three Horsemen at the minute. And Sasha's off TV after losing the title. So, you know, the Alexa Bliss thing, she's more of a a sort of sideshow character at the minute. She doesn't even really wrestle. So you are left with Bailey and Charlotte.
0: So, and and back to what you said there about Eva, just before we we move on, I would love to see Eva me come back after cutting these promos, these video packages. And coming back and basically saying, actually no, I'm not here to wrestle, but she is, you know, and be a valet for for the next big bruiser that we can we can get yeah. behind. I'd be I'd be awful. I mean, it's obviously not going to be someone like Raquel Gonzalez, but because you imagine somebody of that stature, you know, even yeah. their manager and coming in and just being that kind of Braun Strowman presence when they show up. I'd love to see that. I'd absolutely love to see that because she could do good work then. Um I'm hoping she'd be good on the mic. She wasn't in the best in the night before, but she's had obviously a chance to kind of work on that as well. So hopefully, hopefully that, that's what we, we can see going going forward. But I, I doubt it. <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed.
1: I, I wouldn't actually mind on, we're going to jump on to NXT now, uh, Tony Storm, who beat Zoe Stark this past week, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, her moving up to the main, sort sorry, Ron Smackdown style roster and maybe being managed by someone like Eva Marie, because Tony can talk on her own, which means, you know, Eva won't have to always be there for her forever. You know, that, that's been a problem sometimes when managers leave. People are just sort of, it's sink or swim, and nine times at a ten they sink. Um, but she's not the title picture at the minute. The title picture seems to be taking a different direction. She's got her feud with Zoe Starks. It looks like, and we'll talk about Frankie in a minute, they might have a wee thing going, but that I, I see that being a sort of introduction to Frankie Monet more than Tony Storm getting some more wins. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing her on the main roster because the NXT women's roster is really well fleshed out. I think everyone has a character. Everyone has a purpose. I know more about Caden Carter and Kate Catanzaro in six months than I do in 10-plus years of Tamina. You know what I mean? Other than I'm related to The Rock. Like yeah. um
0: but really that's the only that's the only relation that we go with. Yeah,
1: the old moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Storm beats those darks in a takeover rematch to open the show. Thought it was a really good match, uh, but Frankie Monet up uh, upstages her. Tony's celebrating in the ring after the match. Lights go down, Monet appears well Doug but when I do it in Central, it's unprofessional. It's only because your
0: dog won't shut up, that's why.
1: (laughs) It's probably shouting, feed me, you fat bastard. Stop eating
0: (laughs) off
1: it. In Shining Lights, Frankie Monet in-ring debut next week. Again, another person who's came right in and grabbed me more than half the Ron Smackdown women's roster.
0: Yeah, the only the only downside to this is, I hate people that use dogs for kind of wrestling entrances, only because I don't know not well that dog is probably shitting itself, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> from from all that loud noise. It's like when I mean, Cody used to bring his dog, and you could literally see it was terrified to walk it right. on the stage, and he would still be dragging it as if it's part of the character. Move your arse, and you're like, fucking leave a dog in Just let it go, hide in a corner if you want. Don't bring it to a show with fireworks. So that's the only downside to her bringing the dog. But no, really, really excited to see see her in-ring. Like you say, the character has absolutely caught me more than anybody else has in recent time. Um, she's a good talker as well. She she will be NXT Women's Champion at some point. She'll be a contender very, very soon. Whether she gets the belt as early or not, I don't think so. But she's one of these ones I can see getting a title shot very soon, doing something else for a while, and then coming back to the title picture at some point. Because she's she's got it all. The she's got it all about her. So not really looking forward to to seeing her.
1: I can see her going into maybe a wee feud with Tony Storm, and then she's had the thing with Io Shirai. So I think that the way NXT does women feuds, I think that could last her at least three to five months and build her up outside the title picture, and it allows Raquel to have her thing and Frankie Money to have her thing. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but from one title picture to the other, the NXT Championship, Balor versus Cross next week. Really looking forward to this. And they did a prime target. They've done these for like Fish and O'Reilly. Um, so I not O'Reilly and Cole. Sorry, it got my dispute together. And members mixed up there. Um, really good way to sell the title match. And obviously, there's a lot of people in and about the title picture. Johnny Gargano has made these intentions known, Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly himself. I can see this next week going to maybe a screw finish and in your house in a couple of weeks, I can see a multi-man match for the NXT title. Very rarely do they do triple threats or fatal four-ways for the title, pardon me. Uh, in NXT, but I'd be really interested to see how carrying cross sort of fails when there's a jeopardy of the fact that he might get pinned. Sorry, he might not get pinned, but lose his title.
0: I, I would like to see that, and I think it'd be a bit interesting way to go with it. My my thoughts on this are: is this Finn Balor signing off of NXT again because he's had the the title the title reign when he was there. He lost it. He's now going to have his rematch for it, which I think he'll probably lose again. I just think is this is this his one last wee moment in NXT before he moves back to to Raw or SmackDown? Again, there's there's decent title pictures there. You know, I could see him going up to the the main roster at you know in the next couple of months, putting himself in a WWE title picture with this new character that he's got just now that he he kind of formed. Back in NXT, take that one back up to the main roster with him. Um, but I grit, you know, he, he could go for any title on the main roster, to be honest with you. So it'd be interesting to see. I hope he doesn't, because I like him in NXT. I like what he's doing there. I think that's where he's done his best work before and after, you know, he, he came back. Um, but I would be interested to see if he does move back to to one of the main rosters again, if he's maybe, you know, if he's tempted to go back up and, and kind of pity himself against somebody different for a change because somebody like Finn Balor and the character that he's got, I kind of see him, again like I said earlier on about a bit, likes of Charlotte and stuff and Bailey I kind of see him languishing mid-card at any point, so where do you go once you've had such an impact at the top of the NXT title division what do you do after that once you've lost twice you know, once you've lost the title and your rematch what do you do
1: after that, that, that people still get behind? No, no, absolutely. I, I, I see where you're coming from on that one. I'd like him, if he does go back to Raw or SmackDown, for him to maybe go after Roman, because he can maybe say, you know, you can call yourself this, that, and the next thing. I beat you on my first night here. You know, and go back to the fact that, you know, Balor made his debut won the Universal title, never lost it. He's never really had a proper, I know he's matches with Roman and Brock, but he's never really had a proper chance to get a run at the title or a run of matches with the title. So I think that could be quite good. Um,
0: There's a very easy tagline in there as well. You know, you call yourself the head of the table. Well, I'm the prince. What's wrong right tire? There's <laughs> there, There's a storyline built already. That's exactly the route you go down. The two of them, and I, I they could do they could do some amazing stuff if they if they give them time if they build a storyline for I mean, probably longer than you should probably like build it for, just keep it bubbling under the surface for a long time and just have one big payoff that people are just desperate to see. That's that's well, the best way to go. with into, I think.
1: Yeah, um, I mentioned Johnny Gargano being in and around the NXT title picture. Uh, that's because we have a new North American champion, Big Bronson Reed, uh, defeating Johnny Gargano in a steel cage match. Really fun match, back and forward. The way sort of trying to get involved. Uh, Love the finish though. Bronson Reed hits, hits Johnny with a big splash. The door opens and he closes it back over. And goes, not a chance. Goes right to the top this time, and dives with all his weight on it and it's that sort of pin you can always tell when the three's coming because they already start bubbling they, bub- they bubble like at one yep. they're like this is it you're like oh <laughs> fucking alright he's winning <laughs> fucking ruin it for everybody
0: do you know the one thing I don't understand about cage matches and mm. <laughs> this is just this is a pure shape point right but I will make it because it, it confuses me Johnny Gargano's line in the middle of the ring and you go top rope, and you shut the gate. You, you shut the door. Just go to the door. I know. Just just, just know. go out the door. It's right there. That is your chance to win. Just step out. I know it's for effect in it that they, they do that, and, and obviously be the wrestling fan. I should fucking know that. But I, I just think it doesn't make sense. Anybody else normally would just be like, I'll step out the door. Like if I they win, leaving the cage. Aye, Aye okay. But no, that, that, that's just a wee bit. But on the, on the match itself, I, I sat and watched it in full the other day and it was a, a really, really good match. You know, I, I'm a big fan of both of them. Obviously, Johnny Gargano speaks for itself, but I've been a fan of um, Bronson Reed for the past kind of few months since he kind of started getting a bit more of a push and getting put into that kind of limelight a bit more. So it was really good to see him. And plus the story that went with it and stuff like that, you know, 14 years since he started and, you know, to the day and near enough and... and finally capturing a, capturing a title. I think he could be a very good champion in NXT. Um, and interesting to see where Johnny goes after this as well because he's he's done it all. Johnny Gargano has literally completed NXT twice near enough. You know what I mean? Like, it, There's no really much else for him to do. That being said, I don't see him moving up to the main roster. I think he's quite happy where he is. I can see him being in NXT for all these days. To be honest with you. Um, maybe like a kind of Dexter Loomis shoot coming up or something like that if they go down that route. But um be interesting to see, but no, happy for Bronson Reed. Really good match, like I say. Um, and it'll be interested to see how he gets on as a champ.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned obviously the it, it's for effect and the big splash and all that. I liken it to a Penka penalty. It looks cracking if you pull it off. But if you miss that, you are the absolute, you know. Jason Cummins
0: of the world.
1: <laughs> yes. If you miss it and it's 5 0 to your team, it's sort of a, oh, what do you like? But like, Aye. I mean, F- Fulham have just went down. There was a match, I think you and I watched on match of the day earlier in the season. I think they played West Ham. They we were 1 0 down. It would have been a vital point and the guy Penenka's, a, and
0: the, the keyboard doesn't move, he just kind of, got gotcha. Honestly, I, I think Penenka's should be banned, in all honesty. Although some of my best moments of football matches have been Penenka's, they need to be banned as well. Because they, they gave me the fear. <laughs> they gave me the absolute fear. You know, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a, a tight line between celebrating and calling for somebody's heed.
1: Uh, don't do that to me again. Aye. <laughs> Um, But before we move on to WWE, just a couple of quick things. Uh, Ricochet uh, took to Instagram recently. There was a poll out on who's WWE's uh, greatest high flyer at the minute. There was people like Kim, Ray Mysterio, Eo Shrai was mentioned. Ricochet said me, uh, which I think is fine fair enough. He then took to Instagram to sort of defend himself and said, don't get me wrong, your eyes great, she can do lots of the stuff I can do, but there's so much more I can do that she can, that no one can do. I'm the best high flyer. I think that this has sort of been made out to be a, I think sort of more than it is. I think if you're confident in yourself, I don't think there's anything, you know what I mean? Don't have you asked if, the question, you answered it.
0: If, if Ricochet cut a promo on air, on in the ring, saying this to Eosherai's face, no do a batter eyelid, because it'd be, it be part of a character, you know, and I think that's what it is as well. And to be fair, is he wrong? No. You know, I don't think there is anybody actually better, I mentioned it earlier on, I don't think there's anybody better at being a high flyer, just know than Ricochet, he can literally do things, and the way he sells moves as well, the way that he, he kind of takes bumps, the stuff that he can do, off the ropes, all sorts, like, Eosha he is good. She's very, very good, like he said, but I think Ricochet is better at it. If that's what we're if that's what we're basing it on. Eoshai's he yeah. probably a better wrestler overall and got a better character, etc. But if we're going just by kind of high flyer status, Ricochet's the best there. So no, I think that like you say, that has been made out to be a bit more than it is. The guy's pretty much defending himself. to remember as well, he's probably had a shit ton of abuse from folk as well for for saying that. Um so he, he wanted really to defend himself in some way. So yeah. Nah, fair play to him. Le- leave him alone. He's just, yeah, just, just be a wrestler.
1: I'm just looking at the, the whole thing here on Instagram. w uh, WWE tweeted out, as I said, a poll who's the best high flyer at Ricochet Studio, Age should Styles, Eashai. Ricochet responded by writing, There's literally no one who can do what I do and how I do it, but I'll let you all discuss. So then someone brought up Shirai. See, He's not going after her. I'm not saying she's not amazing. She 100% is. But I can do everything she can. Probably better. She can't do what I'm capable of. Maybe not even half. I it. No, no arguments there. Um, did enjoy someone putting up a thing. Ricochet, Eo can't do half the things I do. Something Eo can do, Ricochet can't. And it's someone brushing their hair. I thought it was quite... <laughs>
0: That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Like, fucking
1: sitting here balding, you're bringing that up, mate. That's, that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Hey, But well, we'll move on to AEW and some big... Uh, sorry, sorry, before we move on to AEW, sorry. A couple of releases in WWE. Uh, Drake Works, the NXT referee, uh, we discussed him a few weeks back. It looks like he's been eventually released. Uh, some controversial views uh, that WWE obviously doesn't want associated with. Alexander Wolfe has announced his contract's expiring on June 13th. He will be leaving June 13th. It seems a sort of mutual release. He said, thank you, WWE, for six great years, but it's time to move on. Fair enough. Some other people that have been released. uh, Jake Clemens, he's made one sort of main roster appearance. He was the crooked referee with the Seth Rollins T-shirt that Kevin Owens battled.
0: Oh, Okay. (laughs)
1: Uh, Jessamine Duke, uh, part of the Four Horsewomen uh, of MMA. Obviously, it's not worked out for her there. Uh, Skyler Story only had one match. I uh, lost to Lacey Evans in May 2018. Uh, Vanessa Ball had been on TV quite a bit. Uh, EJ Nduka, he's a six-foot-eight former college linebacker. Never made any appearances. And uh, Kavita Devi. Uh, she was part of the WrestleMania 34 Women's Battle Royal, part of the May Young Classic in 2018. She was trained by the great Khali. I believe she was featured in Superstar Spectacle, but it appears they've, went, they've decided to go another way with her. So a shame to say people lose their jobs, but it's no uh, a mass exodus. It's sort of a, a cost-cutting. This, this just sort of reminds me of a sort of a football end of season sort of thing where people are coming up for renewal they decide not to take it up, or people yeah. it's time to move on because you're not quite there
0: I think the only ones there that I would say I was remotely surprised at would be Vanessa Bourne and um, Kavita Devi because also trained by Great Kali etc, I know they've got this NXT India and stuff as well, you know it could have been, whether she was across there or she was across in America it could have been a, a good kind of way to kind of bring it in. I vaguely remember watching her, I think it was at WrestleMania you said, one in the Battle Royals that happened, I vaguely yeah. remember seeing it, it was only because it sticks in my head because I had never heard of her before and they mentioned mm-hmm. her, you know, put emphasis on her being in it, so I remember watching her and I thought she was quite good Um, so it's a shame to see, you know kind of nothing that it can do with that one Vanessa Bourne done some good stuff for a while and then on NXT and just kind of disappeared Um, I remember thinking that she was, she was quite decent, she probably got you know, would there be a space for her, I reckon, in somewhere like Robert Stonebrand, for example? There could was have
1: been... like she was teaming with Aaliyah for a while and then yeah. you just sort of broke them up. So I thought that, that would be perfect to get them back together and that, but obviously not to be there.
0: No, nah, and um, Jessamyn Duk, you said, that get Booty. That was, yeah. I, was I was a bit of a strange one as well, because obviously you had the kind of horsewoman thing going, Um her and Marina as well, the fact that she's still kicking about. Um, and then obviously, Jasmine had the stuff on Underground as well when that was a thing. So they they, oh. they seem to they seem to quite like her. They seem to put a bit on her, put her on telly the odd time. So it's, it's bizarre that she just kind of disappeared for a few months and then is gone. So, aye, but apart from that, the rest of them, um, Drake works, fuck them. So that's the end of that one. Fair
1: enough. Um, so AEW has announced it's moving uh, from TNT. Uh, I'm taking this from the Fight TV Twitter feed. Uh, they tweeted out, breaking news, Tony Cans just announced on Busted Open Radio, a second AEW weekly show on TV called Rampage will be coming soon to TNT on Fridays at 10pm. And 2022, AEW Dynamite and Rampage will move to the TBS network two hours on a Wednesday, one hour on a Friday. Rampage will begin on August 13th, and AEW will present quarterly specials, similar to Saturday Night's main event on TNT in 2022. So, a lot to take in there. It looks like Dark is finally done, for okay. a start. Um, dark Elevation, I think, will still be the sort of um, de- developmental on YouTube, but they'll have two weekly shows. and. I don't think it will be long before we see a brand split in AEW because we've talked before the amount of talent they've got that doesn't get used. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it will be long before we maybe see one show with one roster and one show with another roster. Um, I think
0: because they know that it works to to jump in there, I think because they're now at a point where they're going, okay, this works, we're getting viewers, people are interested in it. Um, you know, TV networks are interested now, it's probably, it's not reaching WWE levels, obviously, because I don't think they ever will um, but they're a very, very close second now, in terms of kind of stature and the roster they've got, etc, they're building their own stars, they're bringing guys through, I mean although, you know, MJF is NXT before and stuff like that, you know, this is when he's really found his feet on AEW, he's one of the most entertaining guys going at the current day, um, and that's a star that they've, that they've kind of brought through. You know, that's what that's mm. one of their that's a product of them. Um, so if they continue to do that, if they continue to put people in the spotlight, bring through new guys, bring through kind of really really good talent, then I have a brand split You know, have two different shows, have a a raw and a SmackDown. You know, t- type thing going. You know, two hours, one hour, same as Raw being three hours, SmackDown being two in it. You know, it's your secondary show will be an hour less, but it gives you that chance to put a few more a few more guys on. I reckon if they'd done that, they'd probably make the Friday one or two-hour show, in all honesty, um, just to have two shows going. But no, interesting to see how it's going. They're, they're, they're doing some good stuff. AEW, it's not... I'm not a massive fan of AEW. I don't watch it religiously every single week, but I watch the matches. I watch the clips of it because, I mean, let's be honest, there's far too much wrestling to watch. You Know if you're to sit down and try and watch it all, um, yeah. So, uh, but the things that I see as well, you know, the, the, the match at Blood and Guts, as well, for example, most recently it was a great match, minus the ending. Um, but <laughs> you, you know, it was it, it's exciting, it's exciting for, for AW, and if that's what they're going to do, and Tony Khan seems very hell bent on your know, challenging WWE as much as he can, then I. Go for it, mate. Just fill your books.
1: Let's see what they right. can do. Yeah, I think, um obviously, you mentioned there's too much wrestling. I think, you know, it's made out to be such a war in America, whereas, like, I've had the conversation with Grant where he's just went, I watch AEW because I have a fight TV subscription. It's four quid a month. AEW shows on there. I'm like, all right, cool. I've got BT for the European football. So I watch WWE because it's on there. You know what I mean? It's such a... It depends on your TV subscriptions here. Um, But you mentioned uh, the ending of Blood and Guts um, earlier on. Jericho, obviously not happy with the sort of slagging he got for that. Um, We've already mentioned how bad the Lumberjack match was with the zombies. Jericho brings up a quote that I believe Vince McMahon said about uh, AEW being blood and guts and it will set the wrestling business back 30 years. Jericho tweeted out, oh, God, zombies, that will set wrestling back 30 years. Ironic that he talks about setting things back 30 years when he voted for Donald Trump, but, you know, that's neither here nor there.
0: Less than uh, it, but yes.
1: MVP then tweeted out, yeah, zombies and wrestling are totally unbelievable. Hey, how good's The Undertaker, by the way? Well,
0: exactly. You know, I I think it's different scale, and obviously, like bit tongue in cheek for MVP, but I, I know what he's getting at. You know, wrestling is full of character. Everything is characters. Nothing is nothing is exactly who somebody is, apart from the likes of John Cena and stuff like that. Who that that is just John Cena as a person. But overall, wrestling is full of characters. You look at the Fiend. You know, is a Fiend real? You know, obviously not. It's Bray Wyatt in a mask. Undertaker. You know, he was dead for however many years but he still kept wrestling. You know, wrestling is about characters. And yes, the the zombie stuff, I don't think was very good. I don't understand why it had to be done, why Bautista couldn't just get a a video package on the screen midway through the the pay-per-view. I I don't know why we had to have zombie lumberjacks, but fine, whatever. Um, Seems to be a bit of a kind of battle just now. And I haven't spoken about this. I don't know if you you have already about the ending to, to Blood and Guts. It was... Jericho going through a bit of cardboard on the crash map, right? right? Let's be let's be honest. I don't think Jericho deserves the the slagging that he's took for that because what else did you want to happen? Did you want the guy to land on a big bit of fucking concrete? You know, it, it was only ever going to have to be that. I think the blame for that one looking so bad is AEW's cameraman. Oh, yeah, and yeah, no, absolutely,
1: not absolutely.
0: You know, and, and that's something that, that WWE... Nobody do now. You know they don't make the mistake, whereas AW did by zooming in. You know from the top, and you can see everything that's happening. It was like when, remember a few years ago, WrestleMania Thirty Two, when Shane jumped off the the cell onto the announce table, and you seen the announce table like it almost like blew out to the side with like a.
1: a oh, it was almost cushion. like
0: there was a raft under it. <laughs> Aye, it was like a, a like a body. What do you call it? And in, in motors on an airbag under it. Yes. When he's hitting and it, it's it's out. That's fine because that was just a, a slight camera angle that people went, Oh, is that what it is? Okay, you're you're not going to hide everything all the time. But I think the mistake that AEW made was actually zooming in on Jericho line there and expecting us to believe he's went through uh, a, a steel a steel stage when quite sure. clearly that's not going to happen. So yeah. I, I think that's where the that's where the kind of blame would lie. Um, Jericho doubling down on it though probably didn't help the case, you know. He, he, he probably could have come out and just went, What else did you want? and literally nobody could answer that back. They, they would have went, oh, eh, Uh, aye, okay. The
1: way the way I described when we were on <clears throat> last week, me and David Hockney, <clears throat> excuse me, we described it as, Of course, we do not want a 50 year old man to go through you know this isn't mankind going off the cell we don't want that you know we know the injuries and the long-term damage that can do but what we said was and you, you talk about the shame thing yeah the thing blew out to the side but you still had that instant impact of the sound hitting you know what i mean like when yeah. the sound hits when you're watching at home like i don't know about me when it hits i'm like oh god and i turn away like at the sound so then you don't notice the airbag until somebody goes watch the airbag you're like oh but oh, that's quite cool. Uh, And at Money in the Bank every year, and TLC every year, it's wooden ladders spray-painted. Then they always go, oh, these are metal. It's not metal, but the crunch of it, it's the sort of sound that takes you out. I think it was not the fault of Jericho, but laziness on the production staff that it was just bits of individual cardboard, you know what I mean? But I think if they, they did that sort of false thing, and then it goes down maybe maybe about two feet and then the crash mat's there instead of the crash mat just being literally the stage. You know what I mean? I think no one's having a go at Jericho for not taking a fucking 40-foot fall. We're having a go at the fact that at least do something to make it look, you know what I mean? Like When Cole O'Reilly went through the stage, it's about a two-foot drop and it was probably well padded in there. But it's the sound and the visual that make you suspend your
0: disbelief. Uh the fact that you kind of see him as well makes it, makes yeah. it different. Um no, I, I think that's that's fair enough. I mean, prime example, I, I know we're not we're not expecting Jericho to do that, but you look what happened with uh, Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. That was a tiny, yeah. a tiny a tiny drop, but the guy was fucked. It was absolutely mm. gub because he, he landed funny. Are we trying to kill Jericho? No, like that's obviously not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it, it falls on the, it falls on AEW. St- I don't know if it was particularly lazy of them. I think it's a case of not being experienced enough and doing that. And that's something to do once and then they'll go, right, okay, we need to change that for next time. And it's just, that's a learning curve. And it's the first time they have done something like that, you know, of, of that scale. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't understand why all the, the guys who work there couldn't have helped him with that. You know, like, your likes of Jericho, that's maybe a fault on him. Why was Jericho not working with him to go, no, no, hold on a minute. This needs to be different. This needs to be lower or, or whatever. But, ugh, listen, we can, we can look at it too much, all, all we want. But I think Jericho, back to what we're actually talking about, Jericho, you know, sending that that tweet out about the, going back 30 years, just pick your battles, mate. You know, pick your battles to one that you, you might actually win. Um because I, I don't think you were ever gonna win win that battle, anybody.
1: No. Nah. I think as well, the fact that no one tried to make it out to be a good thing. I think everyone agreed that was a bit push, it was an advert. Let's move on. <laughs> but anyway, we move on to our last move sto- uh news story. Um Triple A Libre Worldwide has officially announced Tuesday that Kenny Omega will defend the Triple A Omega Championship against former WWE superstar Andrade at Triple Mania 39 on August 14. Triple A video tweeted the following video of Omega accepting the challenge that was recently laid down by Andrade. Uh, Andrade appeared at the Ray de Rey show uh, last month for Triple appeared on the big screen and challenged Omega at the title. Omega and Callis have said, you're on. Uh, this will be their sort of big return. This is their WrestleMania, where uh, it will be in Me- the Mexico the Arena, the Mexico Arena, I'm not pronouncing that other word, in Mexico City. <clears throat> it will feature a limited attendance. It will mark the first live fans at a Triple A show in over a year. So pulling out the big guns for the big shows, I think. Right there. And... Um, I- interesting
0: as well interesting as well to hear it being called Triple Mania that's probably at WrestleMania will get called when Triple H takes her so, <laughs> for events we've we'll got Triple Mania every single year and be him in main event title matches for the WWE Championship
1: uh, Omega's held the title for nearly 600 days uh, I don't know what's going to happen there I don't know we, we've discussed you know Kenny Omega's various titles you know with him being the AEW champion and an AEW talent, what happens when other companies want him to drop their title, the AEW of a say, what happens X, Y, Z. But Omega versus Andrade, a really, really interesting match and could possibly open the door uh, for Andrade to come into AEW.
0: Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, it could be the... The way for him to get in to, to AW, or it could just be a very easy way for Omega to drop the belt to him and have Andrade be the focal point on on, on that promotion. Um, I hope it's the first one. I hope we do get to see Andrade. I mean, Andrade for me is one, one of the best performers that that's going to be, you know, I'll, I'll watch this match. I'll, I'll actually go out of my way to watch this match between the two of them because say what you like about Kenny Omega, it can go and he's, he's one of the best to do it. He does things that other guys don't do. Um, Andrade as well, you know, we, we've seen him for years in WWE being underutilized in everybody's eyes. You know, he, he could have been one of the top dogs and, and he never quite done it. You know, him with Zelina at his side, who we can we can get on to as well. Um, having him at our side, could have, or Kevin her at his side, sorry, could have been tremendous in WWE and they'd never ever pulled the trigger on it, Um, but it does take away from the fact that he is one of the best performers that that we've had in recent years, Um, so it'll be interesting to watch this one, I'll see Triple Mania with my Triple H t-shirt on, I'll sit down, I'll watch it, um, and I'll, I'll get invested.
1: Fair enough, oh, quick, obviously, we'll not go into it because we're running out of time and you've got to start And so have I. <laughs> <laughs> Selena Vega seen at the Performance Centre. Rumours are that she's going to be re-signing with WWE, which is good. Um, she certainly could help a women's division as a manager as well or as a competitor. So hopefully she'll be back there soon and hopefully the Twitch OnlyFans thing that WWE have gone on has sort of sorted itself out. Very interesting to see.
0: Very interesting to see. It's quite a big U-turn for, for her because, I mean, it was only a few months ago, one that she that she got booted it effectively um, so it's quite interesting to see it coming back around so quickly but now like you say she's she's probably one of the best talkers that they've had as well you know and I, I mentioned about her pairing with Andrade and it was probably one of the best partnerships there's been in, in WWE for years Um, she done all the talking she, you know during the pandemic time she was a superstar you know she was mm-hmm. the star of of Raw when when everything when shit hit the fan. You know, and to have her back I think would be would be great. It'd be interesting to see her actually without Andrade because it was always that kind of partnership. So um aye, it'll be good. It'll be good to see. Hopefully hopefully it is true. Interesting to see where she goes as well if she goes back to main roster or if she goes to NXT for whatever reason. Um but I will just need to wait and see.
1: Well You can probably find out next week on Central, or maybe the week after. I don't know when she's re-signing. I can't promise anything. Um, But, of course, you can listen to this Central, previous Centrals, and our back catalogue of news, reviews, interviews, and previews on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And, of course, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, we are there. the EatSleepSleepSleepSleep community on Facebook if you want to get involved in the conversation. And that is going to do it for another week of Central. Ryan Gallagher, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Cheers for having me, mate. For anybody listening, this was a nightmare of a show to record for us. <laughs> just a wee peek behind the curtain. We had Wi-Fi problems. It spread across two days, but we got there. And do you know what, mate? There's only one person in the world that I'd rather do this with. And it's literally everybody else other than you. But anyway, it's
1: fine. I was waiting on you saying David Campbell. But (laughs) uh, I got to a reunion. We'll have to wait for now. And you'll have to suffer through me. Uh, And I'll be back again next week. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.
0: There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello, guys. Welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell. And in the show, you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.